Pulp MX Network production. You cast me, I'll complete me till What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Yeah, what's up, everybody? It's Dark Side from the Moto X-Pod Show. So with Steve being off for a couple weeks, I wanted to do another classic wrap-up show, and I thought, what more perfect than the Show 100 Great Western Bank Show? If you guys haven't heard this one, as always, it's a classic Lots and lots of laughs. Kenny Watson was still the co-host at the time. Denny Stevenson, Buddy Antonez, Dave Castillo, all in studio. They had Factory Phil on the phone in between catching waves. Uh, just a really great, fun show, as most of are, you know that. But this one, just tons and tons of laughs. And if you guys don't know, um, so I'm dealing with, just recently, within the last few days, had a punctured lung, broken ribs, and I was re-listening to the show actually while in the hospital doing everything I could not to laugh, and uh, it was almost impossible. But I think this is going to be a fun show. I want to thank all the sponsors, including WUSA, Guts Racing, Roost Graphics, FMF Racing, Atlas Brace, Get Data, Firepower, Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LAHondaWorld.com, OGO Bags, Ride Engineering, BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Racetech Suspension and Engines, Michelin Starcross Fives, Maximum Oil, X Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, and Works Connection. I tell you guys this every week. If you enjoy the Pulp Show, if you enjoy the Pulp MX Wrap Up Show, Kiefer Testing, uh, Zach Osborne Show, Shifting Gears, if you enjoy all these shows, please go to pulpmxshow.com, click on the sponsor links, use the discount code, support the sponsors, let them know that you're supporting them because of the Pulp Show. And that's, you know, that makes it so Steve can keep these things going. And it's not easy. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of money to run the Pulp Empire. So keep it up. Keep supporting. Before we get started with our guests, I reached out to Dave Castillo and Budman this week uh, just to get their thoughts and their memories on that show and the team. So have a listen. Dave, I wanted to just uh, get your thoughts on that night and what you remember about being in studio. Uh, well, I remember uh, Budman and Denny were both there. Uh, Denny had flown in. Budman drove out. We we actually road tripped it out together. And uh, Factory Phil, uh, I don't remember if he was busy or just too cool to show up, but he was there on on phone on the phone. And uh, we had a great time. I mean, I think you know, obviously, when Denny's uh, part of it, you, you don't get to say a lot because Denny's talking all the time. But that's the best way for it to happen because that dude's. The riot, um, and you know, I just remember talking about all the old stories and the stresses and the the, the hurdles we had to, to jump through to kind of make it happen, and then the hurdles we had to continually jump through because it didn't actually happen, and uh, and then just talking about kind of the fun of the the '90s and then how the sort of culture was in, in moto at that time. Why do you think that era and that team is so special to a lot of moto fans? Um, I think that, that era, the nineties era was, um, gosh, it, 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 I don't know why it became so special, but it was just sort of a time when, you know, after like, you know, Wardy and RJ and, and, and it's sort of that whole thing with Osho and those guys were, there were so many different types of characters, but the, it seemed like RJ was kind of the, 
the one that stood out as as the party guy, the fun guy, and I think maybe the '90s just drew off of that and uh, and sort of tried to to replicate the RJ thing, and, and everyone just wanted to have fun and ride dirt bikes, which is why we all started. Um, and and you just had some characters, just some special people during that time. You know, Jeremy was special, Jeff was special. Like they were all their own style of person, and obviously super talented. So it just kind of just turned into what it was. Hey, Rich Taylor, just wanted to get your thoughts on the great Western Bank team of 96. Well, that was uh, <laughs> just, that was probably the, if, if you could ever dream to be on a race team, it probably would have been that one. Like, if you look back at, at the way they operated and the things they did, they had, back then there wasn't private Supercross tracks, really. Well, they had their own private track at the Castillo Ranch, um, you know, Dave's dad, Dave Castillo, had a private Learjet, so they were flying all over the country. They, uh, you know, it was it was Danny Stevenson and Budman and Factory Phil, and uh, I think they were more that year about just being the dudes and having fun and going and racing dirt bikes. And results, it, it basically, you know, they weren't going to get fired. The results didn't really matter. So they actually probably did better than, than they would have anyways. You know, Factory Phil, I know, had some great results that year. And uh, But, dude, come on. If you could be on any race team ever, wouldn't that be the one? They'd fly to Vegas and just it was just like a, it was a party. Like, you know, I, I, I wasn't, you know, I was doing my own program back then, but. I can only imagine what, what they were doing inside that plane. <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, every one of the dudes was, you know, like a good looking dude. And, you know, there was always chicks around cause you know, we'd see it at the races and you know, obviously I knew the guys pretty well. So I knew kind of what their program was, but Holy cow, that would be the team. If you ever had a dream team to be on, that would be the team. No pressure, a private jet, a private track, just no worries. Just go, Ride dirt bikes and have fun, man. All right, Buddy Antonez, uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts, your memories, uh, wh- however vague they may-, may be, of the episode 100 show in studio. So, my memories are uh, one, you know, Denny coming in and seeing him at Cisco and picking him up at the hotel, and uh, me, Davey, and uh, Bill, and everybody hanging out um, at the pool there for a little bit before we went in over to uh, Matt's uh, Pulp MX studio. Um, that was cool just to, to chill for a bit, uh, with the boys and then getting there, you know, you hear all of it, all the stories about, um, all the old footage he has up on the, the big screen as you're, you're in studio and it really is a, a cool vibe. And, um, you know, the main thing I remember actually still wasn't there, was he? We call, he called in. Yeah, he was, he was surfing. So it was just me, Davey and, uh, and Denny at, hanging out right. for a bit. Yeah. Phil was surfing. And he called in. It's a lot of years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, we'll see, 2012. Yeah, a lot of years ago. Um, like I said, you know, the, the vibe of the place, and, and, and I think um, everybody told me, had told me about the, you know, the old school videos he has up, and um, I think at one point, too, I'd heard some people do some voiceovers on the old videos. Is that something that's true? Uh, yeah, I think they did some, they did do that back in the past. Yeah. So, you know, you just heard all this stuff and heard yeah. how, how fun it was. And, and you know, it, it didn't disappoint. We had a had a great time. Um, a, a lot of it, you know, was just big memories 
catching up with everybody, reminiscing about the old times and how much fun we had that year in 96. It, it really was a great time, and, and the racing was good for, for us that year as well. Yeah, so at the end, you, uh, you we were kind of talking off air. You're you getting a little uh, little tipsy there, huh? Yeah, so, yeah, there at the end, uh, Danny brought up one more drink before we uh, got off the air, and that was the one that started to push me over the top. So uh, <laughs> I, blame, I blame it on Danny, as usual. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> well, it was a, a fantastic episode. I just recently re-listened to it. Uh, we're going to wrap it up with a couple other listeners tonight and I appreciate you coming on and just giving us a couple minutes of your time to, to remember how that night went. Yeah, the night was great and, uh, we had a blast. It, you know, it's always good when you get, um, your old boys back together and talk yeah. about old times and, you know, the calling was Phil as, as, as much as he was surfing, it was great for him to, to phone in and be a part of it as well. And, you know, I just love those guys, uh, you know, to death and, uh, the, the fact that Matt is, puts on one hell of a, a show with us and, and draws stuff out of us, too. So that's something that's really cool, too, that, that Steve does, and, and he gets the most out of you. Agreed. Well, all right, buddy, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to our guest this week. Brought to you by WUSA, providing the best quality wheels in the business. Whether you race professional supercross or just a weekend warrior, W has the wheels for you. W can even restore your old busted-ass wheels. So visit WUSA.com and let John and Christian Anderson take care of you. WUSA is bringing you Mr. Snap-On Dan. What's up, Snap-On Dan? What's happening? Not much, man. Uh, excited to talk about episode 100. Just hang tight while I introduce our other guest in studio with me. Brought to you by Guts Racing. If you're looking for a high-performance seat cover and foam, Guts Racing is the only choice. Andy Gregg and Guts Racing has been providing some of the best seat covers for many of the top teams and riders in the world. So visit GutsRacing.com today and check out the Black Friday deals going on at GutsRacing.com now. Guts Racing brings you Mr. Mus- Muscle Mark. What it do? Dude, man, it's good to have you in studio. It's been a little while. It has been a minute, yes. Uh, that thing called life get, tends to get in the way of this stuff sometimes, but it's cool to be back, man. Yeah, absolutely. So... Dan, I don't know if you know Muscle Mark, but he is the 90s uh, moto expert, so I thought he was perfect for this show. Uh, he actually has a new yeah. Instagram page. What is it, at 90s Moto Dude? Uh, 90s Moto Dude. It's brand new. I just put it up a few days ago. Yeah, so check that out. But um, real quick. Right on. Yeah, Dan, so how old are you, Dan? Uh, 30, I'll be 36 this year in December. Okay, so what... what how were you into the motor scene during this era of uh the ninety six great great western bank team? Oh yeah, of course. So what are your it's memories, like, just thinking looking back, you know, not not the show, but your memories of that team and, and what they were doing? Uh probably just dirt bikes, girls, <laughs> booze and fun. I mean that kind of wraps it up, right? Yeah, dude, I that's that sounds like my uh my youth. Not really, but sounds just, I, sounds I, just I wish like, my youth sounds gone. just like my youth. Right. Now Muscle Mark, like I said, we talked about you're a big nineties guy. I mean that's that's your favorite era. You got to meet Bradshaw this weekend. Oh, dude. Like a dream come true. But it what was. do you remember about the great Western Bank team? Well, dude, um uh the extreme gear, they had those one piece shrouds. Of course they're on Kawasaki's. They might even have white front fenders on them for a little while. Uh, but just, of course, Denny Stevenson, Buddy Antonez, David Castillo, or Castillo, as Art likes to say. Yeah, yeah, Castillo. And, uh, you know, Phil Lawrence. I mean, all of those, you know, 
especially like Factory Phil and Bud Man, like those are two of my favorite guys from that era. So, yeah, I mean, just, yeah, so they did, they did it with what they had. July twenty third, two thousand twelve was the was show one hundred of the Pulpomex show. Uh, Denny Stevenson, Bud Man, Dave Castillo in studio. Factory Phil on the phone when he wasn't catching waves. <laughs> and Kenny Watson was still co-host at the time, which we love, Kenny. Hey, Kenny, I love um, you, man. Wherever you're at, I love you, bro. Absolutely. So, Dan, how about that intro, man, with Dave Despain and Art Ekman? Um, that's the first thing that caught my eye or my ear re-listening to this thing was, like, it took me back. It did. It was it was awesome. And the, the intro, and then they did the same thing on the outro. Yeah. And, like, I picked up things that I didn't catch on the intro, on the outro and uh, dude that was just it was rad i mean that was the time that that was like just a the staple of the voice and in, in motocross and supercross dave to spain and it just man it was like a flashback it, it was crazy it just seems like it was just yesterday you know right i, I yeah. agree i agree yeah absolutely um the, the I, lag wagon song was pretty good that violin song that's pretty cool on the intro i definitely enjoyed the whole thing this show was a lot of fun. Now, I was not listening in 2012. I did listen to the show probably a year or two ago. And then this time I was laying in the hospital bed, as I said in the intro, listening to this thing, trying not to laugh with broken ribs, which was damn near impossible. In the hospital from crashing Bradshaw's bike. Like, <laughs> yes. there's no more perfect setting. You know? uh, yeah, let's. we're not going to talk about that. Um, but, yeah, so right off the bat, you know, Denny Stevenson says, hey, there are three Red Bull vodkas in. We know this show is going to be fun, Mark. No, I mean, then it's you, you dropped the, one of the drops from Art, like dropped it back a few cocks talking about Mad Mike Jones, I think. Yeah, and yeah. Then, like, again, the Lagwagon song kind of set it off for me. It, uh, you should really know no perfect, more perfect way to end, end that. That yeah. song, however, whoever picked it, I guess it was probably Mathis, but like perfect. You know, Absolutely. You couldn't do any better than that. So Steve, you know, Steve kind of starts the whole thing off with, you know, what was so great about this team, which is kind of what I asked you guys a second ago. Um, but, you know, Dave Castillo says, you know, something unique wasn't as professional. And later in the show, they kind of talked about how that that model is what kind of led into the Triple Moto X days, Dan. Yeah, I mean, if you looked at Moto Triple X, that was that was just it was grown based on that team you know and yeah. just that vibe and that scene and moto triple x took it to a whole nother level i think but um yeah I and mean, that's where it originated from that was also the offspring of the heart and huntington team believe it yeah or not. yeah same thing yeah right yeah and you know back in those days for the younger listeners you know there there really weren't privateer teams like tpj and uh or even necessarily teams like star yamaha you know there was the factory teams and then there was privateers and that was pretty much it not yeah. necessarily privateer teams I, I think they had maybe the no lean team and then this team and there was really there wasn't in the pro circuit team obviously in the, in the yeah yeah five class so there, right there wasn't much else other than that it was just privateers and factory guys so dan um give me a rating a grade on this episode a a b c d um give me one give me a grade real quick so i'm gonna i'm gonna grade this thing based off of 100 200 okay. 300 and show 400 right all right you're gonna break the, oh yeah yeah i see what you're saying now okay you know because it's kind of like the benchmark episodes right so i'm gonna i'm gonna rank show 100 an a i i it kept my attention the whole time i never got lost or or felt like i was derailed or you know listening off into space it kept my attention 
It was funny. Like the stories back then, man, I just wish we heard those types of stories today. It just like Daniel Blair always says, they're characters. You know, we want to hear about the characters and man, those guys, they're characters. And dude, it was an awesome show. And, and, and one more thing I want to add to yeah. that is, Steve, I'm going to help you here, Dark Side, about the clippy clippy thing. <laughs> we can pump pump this up a little bit. Okay, but dude, Mathis was so good back then. He, he is, if you listen to him, he's, he's much better now. But he was so good back then, also. And dude, he just, I don't know. His shows are awesome. He just has a talent about keeping somebody's attention, you know. And um, he does that for sure. Yeah, man, I was I was just super impressed. Like, and because I, I haven't listened to one of those old shows in a really long time, but uh, you know, it's come a long ways. But man, even back then, the show was so good. Yeah, you know? the show is really starting to hit its stride. You know, I've done some wrap up shows of like episode nine, I think, and man, there's a lot of struggles, a lot of sound struggles. We've talked about that. And, you know, um, probably worse than some of the struggles that I've had on the wrap-up show. So Steve could have been clipped very easily back then. But at my show 100, he was in his stride. And this show wasn't the typical format where there's five or six call-in guests or guests they call. Uh, you know, it was just these guys, these three guys, and Phil when he could do it, telling stories. You know, had Brian Swink call in. But it was really just like story time of the 90s scene, and I, I got to imagine that's a big part of why you love it, Mark. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, if it's 90s moto, I'm all in on it. You guys got to remember, too, like when you say he's just hitting his stride, this this Pulp and Mech show was not the monster it is now. Even then, it was starting to become that, but it was still in its infancy. Like, I started listening like six episodes in. Mathis wasn't as well-liked by all these writers then as <laughs> right. he is now. Yeah. Like, you can, and it's, go back and listen. Like the, the shows will back it up. But I'm with Dan on that. It's a great day for me, mainly because it's just 90s moto. But I never lost track of myself. Try, you know, I, my, I stay, and I have a problem staying on par with things, like or keeping my attention. Keeping focused. I had no problem with it on this one. Yeah. And I always liked Mathis' show for that reason, any of them, just because I could listen and I never got sick of it. Well, know? let me ask you something, you know, Mark. It, it, oh, go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. It really got me thinking, like, I don't know what it was, and man, Steve's going to love this show, because we're like pumping his tires, but <laughs> I, I I, don't know what it would be like not to have Steve. Like, yeah, I'm with you on that. Where would we be? I mean, he brings so much excitement and insight and everything else to the, to the sport that we love the most. Like, I'm sure there'd be somebody else to fill the void, but man, I, I would just... I'd be sad if we didn't have Steve, you know? Dan, I wonder if anybody would fill that void, though, because, like, we don't know, and nobody's done it like this. And, in, and and nowadays, where a lot of these pro riders are pretty dull to listen to, like, Mathis just can fill that void and get in for them. And well, Mark, we, it's like this. It's like, it's like Art Ekman and David Bailey. Those guys will yes. never be able to be replaced as announcers never. And, and whatnot. And, and I think that's how Steve is. I honestly don't think that somebody will be able to fill Steve's shoes when Steve decides he wants to retire or move on. I keep hoping like Ralph will call Kate, Team KTM KTW like Art used to <laughs> or something cool. Like I mean, all yeah. respect to Ralph, great guy. I've met right. him, he's cool. But at the same time, you're right. There's It's not David Bailey and Art Ekman anymore, and I long for those days to come back. I know they won't, but – Whatever, I still wish they would. (laughs) Before we get back into 100, uh, Mark, I want to ask you something. Now, you do this with most of the guests on the regular wrap-up shows. Uh, You talked about started listening around episode six or whatever. Uh, How did you discover Pulp? 
And in those you know first few years, how did it change your overview or how you watched racing? Okay, so let me preface this with saying I had not ridden a dirt bike before but the first part of 2010, which is when the show started, right around then. In 10 or 12 years, I had just bought a bike because I was still in the fitness industry. You say bought bought had just bought a bike my bad <laughs> and uh i just was getting into it so i was craving anything moto i got on this twitter thing that i heard about and somehow or another i found steve mathis's tweet some tweets or whatever okay and it led into me and maybe it was on the racer x website i don't remember i found this show one of those two ways and it just it fed my 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 thirst for wanting to just just being obsessed because you know you, you haven't been, you've been out of it that long you're back into it now and all you want to do is think eat breathe sleep and shit moto yeah and so me getting to that show it helped me catch up on what was happening number one in the sport because I didn't know who was who well a little bit because I still went to race you had lost so. touch with it a little bit yeah I knew James was still going and I was you know. I knew that much and who was kind of coming, but I had no idea what was what, you know, yeah. it introduced me to a lot of different people that I didn't know who existed. Can't, you know, I, I sort of remembered Kenny Watson, but I didn't really put a pin on who that was. Okay. And, um, you know, and I learned a lot of history from Steve about an era that to me, you know, the nineties are dear to me. That's my, from 1990 to 1999, my, my emotional state is still there. Right, right. Like that's where I live still, you know? So That's cool. It, it helped me get in tune with, with the sport I loved and was, was getting back into it. And, you know, and it, not to mention it was entertaining as hell. And Steve was really, really raw back then. Like, he's he still is. I think he's tamed it a little bit. Maybe he's just gotten older. He didn't give a fuck back then. Part right. of my language, he didn't care. No, no, that's cool. You know, it, um, and I, always, I appreciated that. Yeah, cool. All right, episode 100. So, you know, early in the show, they're just talking about the team forming and get in a truck, you know, and they're talking about having to build the trailer themselves. Budman tells a funny story, Dan, about losing one of the seats out of the back of his truck. I mean, this this kind of stuff wouldn't happen today. These are stories, you know, I don't see Dylan Ferrandis or, uh, you know, Austin Forkner driving down the road with, with one of the seats for Pro Circuit or Star Yamaha on the back of their truck, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, those guys back then were just so gritty, you know, and um, they were willing to, it was almost like it was more of a team, man. Everybody worked together, even the riders, you know, and um, they just had a lot more fun. And yeah, you would never see that today. You would never see, oh, who was, I saw somebody, well, didn't you, Darkside, didn't you help Chad set up his, tent and stuff when he was kind of privateering it yeah myself and mark year. and hal did at houston yeah. You, oh yeah i did mark help helped us at dallas and, and hal and i did at um I, houston I, two I years saw, ago yeah i saw one of the tld ktm guys last year helping too but man, you just don't see that anymore you know right. they're, they're packed up and gone to the hotel but yeah back then them guys were just they were workhorses and i and i think they just been they they made it a good time. Yeah, you know? absolutely. What's funny, Mark, you know, I, I called RT today uh, and, and along with Bud Man and, and Dave, it, which if you guys listen to this, you heard this in the intro, but you guys in studio haven't heard the, the the response. But RT, one of the things he said was basically it was just it was a good time. That's where the girls were. They had a plane. I mean, it sounded like, you know, it was like a, a rock star, right? I mean, that's what, that's what it seemed like. They These guys. Kenny Watson was telling people when they landed places, they were the Backstreet Boys yeah, or whatever. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> you, know. you know, the the time, you know, unfortunately in 96, I really wasn't following Moto. I'd got hurt with another punctured lung oh, and wow. wasn't really following Moto. Perfect I was, timing. Yeah, I was really pissed off that I was hurt and couldn't ride. And I just, 
I didn't. So I wasn't in the moment for this. So listening to the show, I, I, I missed out, man, big time missed out. But them telling these stories and, and Denny saying that no one really expected anything of them, which I think probably allowed them to do better. Uh, Mark, I mean, what do you think? You know, there was no real, no expectations, no pressure. They're just having fun. Well, here's the deal. They show up on stock KX250s at Pro Circuit Pipes. I think you know Ross Maeda, I guess we were talking about over at KYB at the time, did their suspension. You could do that back then. You literally could do that. Yeah. And, yeah, they didn't care. I mean, no expectations. No, they had to form their own team. They're So they're basically still privateers, right? And – yeah, I mean, you show up, you're not expecting anything yourself, you're able to relax, not be so stressed out, maybe let that affect your performance, you just go kill it. And I mean, Phil Lawrence and Budman, both <laughs> in, in particular that year, one in Supercross, one in Outdoors, really shine, top four or five dudes. You yeah, know? yeah. That's legit, you know? Absolutely. And Dan, I mean, back in 96, if you're racing motocross, you're flying in a private plane, you're hanging out at Vanilla Ice's house, I mean, come that's, on, right? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's mid-90s all day long. Yeah, it is. Man, it, I I didn't know that they had a private jet. I mean, I, that's that's pretty legit. <laughs> yeah, it was. A, you would just never, you would never hear that these days, you know. Well, it was uh, but just the shenanigans that went on is just, dude, is just is mind blowing. Right. Yeah, I think that was Jim Castillo's jet, right? Dave's yeah, dad. yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, it was Dave's dad's. You know, and just for those listening, if you haven't listened to the show. Factor Phil was part of the team. He calls in. He wasn't in the studio. He was out catching waves, um, just being Factory Phil. But um, what are your memories of Factory Phil back in those days? Because we know Nash is a super fan, but I, I know that you you were a fan of Factory Phil's as well. So prior to this, uh, what really sticks out to me about Factory Phil was when he was uh, on Suzuki's. He actually was Factory Phil one year or two. Yeah, like, yeah, and, right, uh, sure. Like – just, just almost winning the you know a 125 title and you know it's kind of it was kind of a bummer to me that he had to go he didn't really get on a team on a 250 and I mean he went out and showed who he was I think that year you know that he was that he was riding what people would almost call inferior equipment and still getting on probably getting on podiums and, and yeah you know, top four in the series is no joke and then 250 the premier class then right, right. but um you don't know, and what I do remember back then is, is like you know a lot more about these guys thanks to people like Steve. Sure. Now you didn't back then. Like it was very, very. There's no social media. There's no Twitter. There's you just no, got your magazine. There's no pulp and Mac once show. in a while. There's yeah. Cycle news that and were months behind. Motocross action was actually something I would read back then. Yeah. And no offense. I just I don't read. Sure. I don't read magazines anymore. So right. But like that's how you kept up unless you were kind of in the scene. And me being a kid in Texas, it. There, I was not in the scene, so yeah, it was a different time. But you know, I feel you, he, he was always one of the big names. I was that factory feel always stuck out to me, and I didn't realize why they called him that then. I thought it was just because he was a factory rider. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Dan, like we talked about this show, show one hundred, um, it's just full of stories, uh, friends hanging out. Excuse me, I'm trying to catch my breath with this lung healing. Sorry, guys. Um, but one of the cool stories was, uh, besides the vanilla ice story was, um, K-Dub talking about the complimentary massage in the hotel. He's butt ass naked. Like, um, one of the last things I'd want to see is K-Dub, you know, Vegas dub, butt ass naked, getting a massage. And then there's the stories of the training at the dance club with Mike Craig, De- said, Denny Craig, taking him Craig to the gay club in Omaha. I mean, you, like it almost feels like well there wasn't a whole lot of racing going on it was just buddies hanging out and partying yeah 
Dude, I was I was rolling, yeah. literally in tears, listening to Watson the massage story. And uh, oh, dude, I was driving down the road. And I was just I literally was in tears. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> it's just man, it, you wouldn't. You'd, I'm just blown away that how much things have changed. You know, I'm a little younger, so yeah. you know, I've I've kind of seen you know the the change and more probably more connected now than I was back then. Even you know, but man, you just the stories, can you imagine, like, you know, imagine Bones from Pro Circuit telling a story about going to him. You know what I mean? You just, yeah. That would never happen. No. I Does that stuff even – what I want to know is, does that type of stuff even happen anymore? Or are these guys just so, you know, balled up in a little ball, they don't – they don't. This stuff doesn't even take place. Well, or do we just not hear about it? Before we go, before I know you got something to say, Mark. But no, we're good. You, what do you think? It's to, oh, man, I'm stuttering like crazy. Based off what Dan just said, does it happen anymore? Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. I, I bet but it does more than you think. The, but. The, the sport is it good that the sport seems to be more professional now than this team? The stories of this team, anyway, is that good for the sport? Because like Steve always says, the, the sport's really not growing. If it is, it's very minute. Is it good that it's become quote unquote more professional? I don't think so cool. because you can look at MMA. You can look at uh, like pardon me for interrupting you, Dan, but you can look at like MMA. If you don't, if you if you know any of those guys and you've ever been around, they're all wild men. They're all yeah. wild. Okay, child, you know they're they're getting they're doing this crap, and every it's still weekend. one of the biggest sports in the world. Absolutely. So. Go ahead, Dan. Well, I mean, look how look how many years have passed, and and like they said, you know the sport the sport hasn't grown much. We're kind of we're kind of stagnant, you know, but there's been a lot of changes. You know, our sport is much more professional these days than it was then. But going back to it, you know, motocross is like a blue-collared man's sport, mm-hmm. right? Anybody, pretty much anybody can go out and buy a bike and go ride. You're not going to, one of us are not going to go buy a NASCAR and, and race Jimmy Johnson on Sunday. It's just not going to happen, yeah. right? No. But we can buy a bike and we can go ride the same tracks that these pros ride. So, we kind of feel a little bit more connected to those individuals as, you know, as a person, person to person, than, you know, say those other guys. Well, I think personally that for the general fan and the general person, we would like to, to see more and hear more of those stories. It's just, it, it just connects you even deeper, you know, and some of these mysteries with these guys now that you just never hear about, you, you never know about. And, you know, just everything, it, it kind of leaves you wondering and not, I would say losing interest is not the right term for mm-hmm. it, but you just feel less connected to them. I, I agree. Think, personally. I agree. Go ahead, Mark. I have just one question about that whole last thing we talked about. How did Mike Craig know that was a trainee that was massaging them in there? Did they, how, did how somebody, you, one of them said that it was like the biggest... Uh, Adam's apple they'd ever no, seen. No, no, that was so, it. That was at the bar later. Oh, okay. Uh, See, he, I'm he, the he, was, he was also involved in this story. Okay. Too. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, with Mike Craig, there's no telling, right? I've, I've met him and hung out with him yeah. like once. His son-in-law and I are good friends. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> um, so Brian Swink calls in, who's another '90s legend, and uh, probably very easily could have been one of the team members of this team. I mean, he fits right in uh, with a great quote: "Slowest team to have their own private plane." I mean, Dan, what are your what are your memories of Swink and his call in? I mean, obviously he was good buddies with the whole Great Western Bank team, and just uh, that whole era just seems like they're all good buddies. Yeah, no, it was. Um, the, 
and I remember Swink, like, you know, back when he rode the pro circuit, you know, in the, in the, the beginning oh, yeah. of the pro circuit days. And, um, you know, that was, those were kind of, those are vivid Brian Swink video or, or memories. And I was, you know, you know, Brian was not one of the, one of the team members, but yet he was like a team member, you know, the, yep. the way that those guys interacted with one another, everybody seemed like they got along pretty well. And, you know, again, it was going back to having a lot of fun. Uh, I think that that is cool, you know, and uh, it, it saddens me really, you know, that, that we lost Brian, um, you know, yeah. listening to his voice and his stories, you know, he's not with today was, was a little bit uh, heartbreaking. But you know, um, again, just a cool dude, and he, he absolutely could have been part of that team. Yeah, and as we listen to the show and the, the stories that we're talking about, uh, it, it just kind of like we we've already hit hit on this. It reminds me that things aren't the same anymore. Um, Budman remembering, you know, watching Phil racing and and beating McGrath and. Buddy's like, man, he's like a fan. He's excited for his teammate. He's out there cheering. I don't know that we would see that today, Mark. I mean, I know some of these riders are still buddies, but they don't really seem to express sometimes the real human side that, you know, that we as buddies at the track would, you know, they're, they're so robotic, you know, and it, it just, we see this in this show. It wasn't like that, at least for these guys in the nineties. Oh no, Yeah. It's very rarely. There's only like two teams I can think of now. Uh, or just a couple riders of nowadays that are that way with each other. But back then, everybody hung out. Yeah, everybody except rode. for Bradshaw and Chicken. Well, Bradshaw and Chicken, they didn't <laughs> hang out by any means. And they had to be like separated, I think. Yeah, it, yeah. It, uh, yeah, everybody was cool. Most people were homies, you know. And it's, yeah, a lot of that, you just don't see it anymore. It sucks, but yeah. it is what it is. You know? Well, and Dan, one of my favorite stories while Brian was on was Denny talking about at Houston, uh, you know, after the race, the music's cranking. They're excited. They're giving away plastic and gear, and then they realize, well, shit, we ain't got, we don't have anything to replace it with for next week. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, that's not one of those things that you know. Oh, we'll, we'll just go back to the rig and get more. Or, no, you know, we'll call we'll call the, uh, the the race shop and have them send more out Monday morning. That that just doesn't happen. <laughs> no, no, it was a lot different time. Hey, before we go out, I want to thank all the sponsors again: BTO Sports, Fly Racing. Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Race Tech Suspension and Engine, Michelin Starcross Fives, Maxima Oil, X Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, Atlas Brace, FMF Racing, Roost Graphics, W Wheels, Guts Racing, Get Data, Firepower Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LAHondaWorld.com. OGO and Ride Engineering. Mathis does not have enough sponsors. He needs a few more. Dude, he has so many that. He, he probably, I don't know if he wants to say, he had to turn some away. Oh, I'm sure like he's he got does. too many. I'm sure he right? does. So that, that actually uh, maybe helped us out a little bit on our show just by chance. But uh, we, we picked up some of the leftovers. Thank you, hey, Steve, for that. Le- leftovers are not always a bad thing. <laughs> All right, Dan. If, so, you're, if you remember uh, Phil talking about uh, Castillo's leftovers oh, in, yeah. on this show. Yes, you know, like. yes, yes. So obviously Nash has got to call in. Nash has been a fixture of the Pulpamex show Pretty much since day one, we know since he, day one for sure. Yes, he loves Factory Phil, and I think this was the the first time where he told the story of calling Factory Phil's street sweeping business and becoming buddies with Factory Phil. Basically, Dan, I mean, I I know you, I know how much you love Eli Tomac. If Eli had a side business, you'd be calling every day. 
Dude, no. That's that is <laughs> no? that is creepy. A stalker weird. level. Stalker like, level. Straight up creepy weird. Like I couldn't imagine doing that. Like, hey, I'm Dan Colvin. Uh, how you doing? I, I, I looked <laughs> you up. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I was a huge fan. I mean, that's just awkward. I, you know, I, yeah, no, I. Well, Nash, Nash is over the top still to this day. You, th- you think? I like Nash. Oh yeah, yeah. I like Nash too, but man, uh, he is. If there is, if there is a definition of super fan, he is it. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're right. I mean, well, raining yellow with Stu. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That uh, or you with Kyle Chisholm. Yeah, you know, well, that that's waned a little bit. Well, you haven't heard about you, that. We'll talk about that off air. Now. We'll talk about that off air. But that 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 kind of went down. TJ threw me under the bus on our show, which is I'll tell you about that off air because oh, wow. Steve doesn't want to uh, doesn't want to talk about the Moto X Pod show on the wrap up show. So we'll yeah, we'll, we'll skim show. over that for now. We'll get back to it. <laughs> um, but how about Mark again? Funny stories, right? Budman talking about how he always had to pee, and uh, the guys wouldn't let him pee. He's going to get an infection. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this show is just nonstop laughs, right? I, I would love – Steve could probably do this show again, like episode 500, yeah. have these same guys in with all new stories. I wish he would, dude. I really do. Like, he's got to do that again because I don't think anything's ever topped that one. I really right. don't. That's just my opinion. I'm biased because it has something to do with 90s moto, but, I, but nonetheless. Absolutely. Now, that, that, if, you, if you want to talk about bench benchmark – that was the best one mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. I, uh, you know, I was, I kind of was thinking that as I was listening to it, but then I tend to say that a lot when I'm doing these wrap up shows, like this may be the best show. Um, so I, I, I need to back it down, but that this was definitely top five right here for sure. Something that I, I made a note of that I kind of caught on to Dan and Mark. I'll get both of your opinion. Steve did not seem as negative during the show. There was no race tech rant, uh, really no bitching or complaining about travel. Steve was, to me, he was a fan. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I, I, I think that, I think Steve plays on that a little bit heavy now for his advantage because I think people like to hear that for entertainment value. Um, I don't think Steve is, is as negative in, in real life. I mean, maybe he is, but... Um, I think he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I think it's just, you know... The, 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 there's more of a fun vibe, yeah. you know, and that could be why. And he's, you know, he's getting a lot of hate still from some riders, and you know, like Mark mentioned earlier, kind of watches what he says a little bit, you know, at some degree, you know. So I just, I think it's just a little bit of a change of personality. Yeah, yeah. Over time, not, I mean, we all the, we all get grumpier. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think you're. I think Dan hit the nail on the head. And you got to remember, this show was in 2012. We're in almost 2020 now, and he does so many podcasts now, like not just the Pulp and Mech show, which is five plus hours on one day of the week. Then he's probably got five more hours worth of podcasting he does. Yeah, on top of all, I mean, I'm sure it wears on you a little bit, but I, I agree with Dan. I think a lot of it's. I think he's playing to the crowd, if you will. Like, I feel like he's doing that to his advantage. Well, yeah. the thing is, I would have said that if I hadn't hung out with him a few times, like at Glen Helen. Yeah. And he was pretty negative. Yeah, he, ra- he raced there, right? Yeah, he yeah, raced. Cool. And, and, like, Galdi and Kiefer are having a blast. They're loving the track. And Steve's like, it fucking sucks. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. There's just bumps there. It's it's all, you know. I would have probably uh, been know, the same yeah, boat he was. I yeah. think uh, Steve's 
super nice guy. Like he'll play hard sometimes. Super nice guy, but he he's kind of that grumpy old man a little <laughs> bit. But then honestly, my stepdaughters tell me I am too, so I can't really. Like I'm not hating on him. I'm just I'm getting old, you know, and just uh, everything annoys too. me. I'm getting. We're talking about '90s moto and it's 2020. Yeah. That's how old I am. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. Um. All right. So, how, Mark, the uh, the voicemails. Weege, Emig, a uh, couple other guys left some voicemails that were pretty damn funny. Thoughts on those? Anything stand out to you? We uh, the Weege one talking about Tara, whoever Tara was. I don't remember who Tara was. Yeah. yeah they. Um... But just bust balls. Weege or Emig said, never thought you'd last this long. As yeah. far as a hundred shows, they, they had some. Uh, what do you say? You had some good results here and there. Emig did. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, don't worry about calling me back. And then I'm like, they're not going to call you back, bro. It's cool, it's you know. No. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, that one. And then, then Davy Coombs comes on, and he so yes. eloquently speaks on everything. You know, yes. from interviewing him, I've helped, been in on that a few times, and he even made it kind of funny. It was pretty cool. Yeah, Dan. Uh, the voicemails from these guys. Again, I, I, we're, we're talking about the show, and we kind of get off topic here and there, but the show overall was funny almost nonstop. There was never a dull moment. That's for you, Dan. Yeah, it was, yeah, there was never a dull moment at all. It's Like I said before, it definitely kept kept my attention. It was nonstop laughs, you know, and uh, just the, the stories, man, just epic stories. Yeah, so speaking of stories and speaking of how things have changed and professionalism, Watson talks about riding in the trailer of the the, the team trailer from Daytona to, to Minneapolis with a bucket and a Playboy. Uh, <laughs> now I don't know if he really only had a bucket and a Playboy, but I believe he did ride in the trailer. Can't imagine that happening today, Mark. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I, after getting to know Kenny just a little bit, I have. I, I kind of think, yeah, the Playboy thing wasn't a lot. Right. No, but dude, I mean, if he did that, that had to have been the shittiest ride ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Right>? like, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Man? Um, I don't know. So, Dan, uh, they, they talked a lot. And they made jokes a lot. And, Mark, you may know the answer to this. I don't. Uh, they, they kept hinting or about club rubber. I don't know what the hell Club Rubber is, if that's a real club, if that's an inside joke. Um, no, it was. It was in Santa Ana, I think. Okay. It was a McGrath Emig hangout. See, somehow I missed that they stuff, They took too. their whole entourages there, I think, on Monday nights of all times. Okay. Like come in from, I, if I remember hearing this correctly on, on all of Mathis's stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like that was their spot they hung out. Okay, so like Steve says something like, you guys invited me all the time to Club Rubber, but I could never make it. And Bud, I think it was Bud Man that said, yeah, you were never invited busting on steve um again the party scene clearly um that i don't know that steve was quite part of uh he he has a few stories but i don't think he was in this in with this group as much as uh he'd like to have been i think he's just like the rest of us we wish we were there exactly yeah. exactly yeah um yeah the great western bank guys uh taking credit for carrie hart doing becoming freestyle uh for his freestyle career dan what'd you think you see the, you see the relativity cool. to that yeah, I did. I did not know that story. Right. Um, I didn't yeah, really. Yeah. I knew Kerry was a racer, uh, but I didn't know how he transitioned from you know a, a racer to a freestyle. And um, I thought that's pretty cool that they stepped up and said, you know, hey, dude, you're not going to make it here. You know, you're talented with something else, and kind of pushed him to do that. And you know, Kerry Hart's one of the most successful freestyle yeah. guys you know in the industry, and um, I think that's I think that's rad. You and know, then. Yeah, and then it comes full circle with Hart and Huntington coming back, basically another a privateer team. You know, it's like full circle, giving back. Uh, it, it's the industry giveth and the industry taketh away. Um, Such a bummer. Go ahead, Dan. 
It, the, the, the motorcycle industry, I've talked, we've talked about this, uh, a group of friends of, of mine not too long ago. You know, we, we as motorcyclists stick together, you know, whether or not it's we're friends or it, it just seems like it's such a tight little family. And we're always looking out for one another. And that kind of goes to show, you know, with that story that they shared, you know, they looked out for Carrie and pushed Carrie onto something else. And, yep. you know, and now you've got a, you've got a freaking empire. You know, right? I, to think back and like the to, to be the turning point in his life was in like he was had not made the main that night. Yep. They were like, "Dude, you got some of these tricks. Go do this jump." No, I'm a racer. I'm a racer. <laughs> yeah, go well, make you're not money. in the main, so go make some money. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, out of that one single thing, he could have said no and not done it. And we don't know who Kerry Hart is anymore. Yeah, and maybe the backflip mm-hmm. is. I would still know who, who he is because yeah, I'm a I mean, nerd. Who knows like that, it, but, you know, who knows the history of the backflip if it had, i'm sure it would have still happened yeah but it been, I, I think pastrana had been yeah. working on that too he just but it would have still been it, it would have been a totally different story definitely no it wouldn't we wouldn't I, the the face the history as we know it like dan said would not be where it is now right um we're te- I, I, I can assure you he would not be married to pink right now Ooh, without, yeah. without that right nope. there you go very good that, that's a <laughs> nope. hot take right there yeah um so we're gonna touch on a couple more things before we wrap this up um, not going to get into too many details, but there's a great story, uh, love triangle type thing between P- Ping and Emig and their sisters and Denny. Um, so you got to go back if you haven't listened to the show. Go try to follow that story of the, uh, yeah, the the love triangle. Well, Factory Phil's married to Ping's Ping's sister-in-law. Yes, Ping's wife's sister now. Right, right, right yeah. yeah, I think so. Um, but that was pretty entertaining. You, you could only imagine again the the debauchery. Oh gosh, in the nineties. Um, but let's get to these X-Brand tear-offs. Just a couple real quick, and I want to get your thoughts. Uh, the first X-Brand tear-off question was to Denny, who pulled the most chicks? He immediately says, myself. But I don't know, man. You know, they called Castillo the God Bod for a reason, Mark. Yeah, and you even heard Phil allude to uh, to, to to taking the leftovers and was happy to get them. I mean, Castillo, <laughs> he's a handsome man. I hear I hear. I hear Phil's got quite the uh, arsenal himself, but it, right. uh, you know, they, uh, when Steele walks in, I'm sure even to this day, if you look at the picture of the guy, he's in his later 40s and he still looks like then. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I need yeah. whatever he's got. I need that. Yeah, you know? and he's still badass doing stunts, and he's uh, he's working on that TV show Animal Kingdom. Oh wow, that's yeah. what he's been doing for a couple of years. That's about to go back into production. So, I mean, he's got to be in better shape than any of us probably are. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, okay, so the second X-Brand tear-off question, Dan, was to Budman, and it was a rider you wished, wished you'd had on the team. Um, and he says, how much time is left? I think he, he ended up going with Bradshaw. I want to ask you two, you first, Mark, because you're, the, you're, you're more in tune with the 90s. Besides Bradshaw, who was a rider that you think would have fit in with that team and actually helped it maybe excel or you know, take it to the next level? Uh, Anybody jump off the page? Yeah, Brian Swink. Uh, okay, but he was yeah, on the he, he was on the Honda of Troy team that year, right, yep. Dan? Yep, Dan. Yeah, yep, yep. So, but yeah, Brian Swink's my pick. All right, so Dan, he yeah, just stole, he took Brian Swink. So come up with somebody else. Oh, that was that was my pick. <laughs> uh, man, I would say, I mean, honestly, either Bradshaw or Swink would would probably be the absolute you know best fit for that team. Yeah, um, I think you're right. I, I honestly think Swink would have probably fit in better than Bradshaw. Definitely. Um, yeah, Bradshaw was you know, just, Bradshaw was extremely serious. Still is. I, I've got a story on that. If we, uh, I've told this story about a million times since Friday night. He but, still is very serious. Yeah, he's still yeah. very, very competitive and serious. Dan, I don't know if you know this, but 
I don't see how you couldn't because I've said it a million times. I fucking beat Damon Bradshaw at pool Friday night. It was maybe the single greatest moment of my life, and he was not thrilled because he's super competitive. Um, hey, did he ask for your autograph on a cue ball? No. No, he was not happy. He wanted to play again. I'm not going to tell you how many times we played for me to beat him that one time. It does not matter. I beat Damon Bradshaw. So hey, that's pretty rad. No, there's not too many people I could say that. I want to know. I want to know something though. Was he pissed you wrecked his bike? No. So if you if you look at oh, we're getting off subject. Don't be mad, Steve. If you watch the my GoPros or my YouTube, not yeah, the YouTube stuff that I posted for our show, um, my GoPro kept running after I crashed. Um, and one of the first things once I catch my breath, I say is I can't believe I fucking crashed Damon Bradshaw's bike. Um, <laughs> My buddy, Brian Fullerton, who works for a Churby's, was there. As soon as he got to me, I was like, please tell me the bike's okay. Please tell me the bike's okay. Bradshaw's going to kill me. Um, but apparently, he called me that night in the hospital. He was not mad. He called me right before I checked out on Wednesday when I got released, and he was cool. He was not mad, but I was damn sure scared he was mad. <laughs> for good reason, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is actually, when he's not in competitive mode, Super, super nice guy. Fantastic. So, Dan, check this out. I got a chance to meet him in this same weekend. As cool as you would ever hope Damon Bradshaw could be, because Damon's like, I have all-time favorites. Robbie Raynard and Damon Bradshaw are my two all-time favorites. As cool as you could yeah. hope Damon Bradshaw can be, he's so much fucking cooler, bro. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, but, so if, if you guys are still listening to this and you get to a Supercross this year, Go by the WPS uh, the WPS display. There's still going to be, a, obviously, title sponsor of Supercross. Damon's going to be there. He actually really, really enjoys talking to the fans now. We interviewed him and talked to him about that. He did not get to enjoy that in the 90s because he was so serious, but now he loves it. So go get a, go stop by, talk to the Beast from the East. He's, he's badass. Let me throw one more thing in yeah. here. Uh, I think Brian Swink, like Dan said, would have probably been the guy for that. Okay. Showed up to autograph sessions in a flannel. Yeah. Kind of yeah. looked like he wasn't taking it serious. From time to time, I don't know if you notice this about me, I think I'll get to thinking about Brian Swink. And I keep my head shaved anyways, but I'll grow my goatee out really big. Oh, I can like see that, did. yeah. Just because. I don't know why. Because sure. like, I had the same you know addiction thing he did that I'm fighting, have been fighting for years, yeah. and he lost the fight. So every now and again, I'll throw one out for him you know there you go but yeah anyways. yeah all right so last thing at the, by this point in the show bud man's pretty lit up um he told me today when i talked to him that denny had given him just one one only one too many drinks i think it was probably more than one but um sounded like it <laughs> yeah but so the last segment's tweet at tits there's lots of interrupting going on but denny talks about the speech that uh he gave this the, or bud man talks about the speech that denny gave at bud man's wedding Somehow he brings up farts under the covers. Um, I'm sure, sure, Budman's wife loved that. Um, but that really, to me, that just sums it up right there. They're like they're Motley Crew. I mean, these guys, the Great Western Bank team, is the Motley Crew of of motocross. Mark, no, yeah, and it's just. I, I wish we had a team of guys just like that now because they're so hilarious. It's just it's a it's a it's a tribute to the times, basically. You don't get that many characters in one deal. Like, think about it. Denny Stevenson, if you've ever listened to anything he's done on Pulp, you get it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know what we're talking right. about. And uh, and I feel like he was probably that way back then. I can remember watching him on that 
that Jeff Matasevich video, the Mataz attack one. Remember that way back in the day? Mm-hmm. They actually interviewed Denny on this, and he's the same guy then. I mean, he was yeah, a young yeah. man at this point. He's right. the same guy then as he is now. So I wish we had a, a few more Denny Stevensons running around. And <laughs> Buddy, I mean, gotten to know Buddy Antonez a little bit. Awesome dude. Yep. A lot calmer now than he probably was then. But you know, Maybe. We we really only see him at the track at Supercross. Oh, that's true. We don't really know how he is. He I I get the feeling Budman can still party with him. I bet he can. I think yeah. he can. He's from that area. Yeah, that's yeah. That's what they did, you know. All right, guys, we're gonna wrap this thing up. Dan, um, thank you for doing this. Uh, yeah. Real quick before we let this go, let you go. What's another? Can you think of another? Like the next, I think five hundred is the next episode. So the next big show like that. What's something that maybe could top this? I'm throwing you. I know I'm throwing you under the bus a little bit. I didn't give you a heads up. Anything that you could think of that would be at least on par with this or top it? Man, that's a good question. Um, I'm you know, to- honestly, I, I, I'm going to have to say that I I could not pick something right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to see. What you know, there's there's going to be a couple of years that are going to transpire between now and then. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I was thinking that you know the the show with with Nick and and Brian and uh, Jake and, and so I thought that that was going to be like a barn burner, and I was I was a little disappointed. I think yep. we talked about that. Yes, we you know. And Villapoto just I got hammered that, the whole time, right? Yeah, yeah. man. I, I thought that that could have been the show. You know the number one show, and, and I was disappointed. So, man, I I really truly don't know at this point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm stumped on that one. Uh, Mark, any thoughts? Yeah, I have one more question for you after this. I want to see Factory Suzuki, the Factory Suzuki one twenty five guys from nineteen ninety, and I want to hear them do nothing but shit talk Bob Hanna the whole time. There you go. You know, Hanna was was a part of that back yeah. then. And like, remember Bradshaw? As soon as you brought up nineties moto with when I inter- you introduced me to that cycle day, ranch, yeah. First thing he said was fucking Bob Hanna. Yeah, he got wound guy, up you know, real he got fast. Wound up fast. Yeah, he went from first gear to fifth gear real fast, and yeah. uh, and he's like, I know him. He's my friend, and fuck him. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I want to see him with, with all. I want to see first what Bob has to say about them and what they have to say about him afterwards, yeah. you know? All right, so Dan, you I think... What, you know what, like, what kind of might be a, a cool show is if Steve could, uh, could you know, round up, like, some of the top legends of our sport, like, have Ricky Johnson and Jeremy McGrath and Ryan Villapoto and, you know, God forbid if he could get Stu in the... In the, you know, the well, that would be... be you know insane, what? But, that's the answer right there. It doesn't. You don't have to have anybody else. If you could get Stu, you get James to Stewart. do an interview yeah. to come on the sh- in studio, especially that's the show. I mean, I don't. know. You know what? I take yeah. that back because Stu may be boring. Honestly, like people would love to hear from him, but I don't think he could do a whole four hour show with Stu. No, I don't so, think he wants to. I, I, changed, he I changed my mind. But I, I'm with him on that though. He, he's uh, yeah, where he was going. Was Dan's right. on to something. Yeah, you yeah. just get a legend from every era that yep. you can get, and just kind of like see how. They they're the same and how they differentiate just sure. the, for the time you know the difference in generations yeah the generational gap absolutely yeah. well that's something to think about all right so last thing before we go Dan you've done the wrap up show with me before I may have asked you this so I want to ask Mark of all the co hosts on the show regular guests the people that you know Steve that are like Kiefer Eddie Ray well, Eddie Ray hasn't been on in a while but you know who I'm talking about yeah who's yeah. somebody that you would like to hang out with for a day the one guy. Oh, uh, that, that's tough. That is really tough. Yeah, I should have given you guys a heads up on some of these things, but I like to get the response. Dude, that's tough, but you got to like, 
I mean, Chris Kiefer jumps off the page at me just because he keeps it real. Yeah. I like dudes that keep it real, and he there's no bullshit with that dude. There you go. And he's fun to talk to him, and then we could start talking – Telling dirty jokes and stuff, and like he wouldn't get offended at all. Not at all. You he'd know, have like, he'd have dirtier jokes, and I'll say some pretty offensive stuff sometimes. So right. I need somebody like that around me to be Absolutely. okay with it. You know. All right, Muscle Mark, or Snap on Dan. Thank you guys for coming on tonight and doing this. Um, you know, I hit you guys up Friday when I was on my way to Cycle Ranch, and then my schedule got a little jacked up with my injury. But I appreciate you taking the time, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Thanks. Yeah, heal up, man. All right, we'll talk to you guys soon, and we are out of here. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show?